Welcome back to the Quiet Unset Podcast. I am your host, Jürgen Graf, and I'm joined today by Lachlan Teeley. How are you doing, hey, my man? friend? I'm going good, bro. How are you doing, man? I'm doing all right. I've been super busy lately, yeah. and I'm so looking forward oh, to recording yeah. with you again, especially especially talking about the thing, uh, talking about the film we are looking at today. I'm thinking of ending things. Uh, yeah, mood, right? That is... <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. I'll that is it. the mood. Definitely. Uh, before we get into today's episode, we just want to quickly shout out one of the Apple reviews someone left over on Apple Podcast and urge you guys to maybe leave a re- rating uh, for us over there as well. Maybe write a little review. It helps us out a lot. But we had Kristen write in, oddly getting lots of visuals listening to this podcast. Visuals in all caps. Ooh. Uh, definitely someone who Ooh. listened back to our, I think, 14th episode, was it, or 10th? I don't know. It was a while back, but we were talking about two of our favorite uh, films of all time. That was definitely a good one. Um, yeah, go check that out if you want to know a little bit more about us and our film taste. I think that was with you, Kelly, Michelle, and myself. So what are we doing today? We have a couple of news items. We actually have quite a bit of news, but we'll try and get through it uh, as fast as possible so we can get to the movie at hand. And we also have loads of movies that we've been watching because it's been a while since we last recorded the two of us, right? Uh, it's been a couple of days. It has been. Yeah, definitely. And uh, then we'll get into, uh, well, I guess for I'm thinking of ending things, it will just mostly be spoilers because there's no real point. <laughs> uh, talking about the film if we don't tackle its subjects and they are inherently inherently like spoilery as soon as we start talking about the film okay let's get into the news uh, so we have a couple of news items that uh, we want to go over the biggest one is probably the oscar changes that were recently announced for that will uh, come into effect in 2024 for the 96th Academy Award show. And it's basically criteria for inclusion and in a sense that have you read about it? Oh, this is completely new to um, you? This is my first time hearing about it, actually. There's four different categories. And of those four, two of the criteria have to be met for a movie to qualify and even get into the best picture race. So... There's like different standards. Mm. There's standard A, which is basically just on-screen representation in themes and narratives. There's standard B, creative leadership and project team. Standard C, industry access and opportunities. And standard D, audience development. So, um, yeah, initially just from those titles, what do you think this this kind of entails for, for the Oscars? I'll get into it a bit more and explain a bit more. Um... You threw a lot of words at me. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I um I I guess it's wait what were the what were, hang on sorry no, what, okay. were the, what were the hang on let me look on the notes what, what were they well, standard A on screen representation yep. themes and narrative so I'm guessing the on screen representations is just like uh, inclusion of minorities yeah exactly so uh right there's, okay. there's like different okay. subcategories um, for example there's A one lead or significant supporting actor. That means that at least one of the lead actors or significant supporting actor is from an underrepresented racial or ethnic group. And it goes on to like general assembly uh, cast if like 30% is there. So there's different things that you have to meet, uh, like subcategories, and you have to either meet one or two depending on how many there are. And in total, you have to meet two 
to in order to qualify. There, w there was quite a bit of outrage for this, I guess, for people who just looked at Standard A and just thought that now uh, Hollywood is going to produce many more like forcefully uh, racial stories that uh, just put someone in the lead for that reason that don't have any significance to it. So like it might even take away from other more sincere productions. But if you look at it, this is basically... I would say mainly just a statement from the Academy Awards. Uh, I don't think this is going to change much at all. And if it has the impact that like a couple more people get opportunities from these underrepresented groups to work in the film industry, then it's, I mean, it's not a bad thing. I don't, I don't see this as a bad thing, but there was a lot of critique coming from there. Like people said like, ah, oh, a movie like 1917 <laughs> wouldn't like be able to qualify, which is like, it's bullshit because there's like... Wouldn't it? Well, it's, Creative leadership and project team. And also the opportunity with Standard C. That's an e it's such an easy point for for studios to get it because it's industry access and opportunities. Uh, for for those you have to meet both criteria, which is C one a paid in uh, apprenticeship or internship op opportunities. That just means that you get a couple of interns and you pay them and they work on set, which like every set has. That's like it, it's not that hard. You just create those programs, I guess, for the students. Which that like that's a good side effect that this might have. And then you also have the training opportunities and skills de development. That just means that, like, in um, the production distribution and financing of the, like, the, the production companies, you offer, like, training and work opportunities for stuff that's below the line. So, like, not essential uh, pe people that can come on a day or they, they, they won't show up for it. It's just people that, I guess, it's just okay. paid day by day. So, essentially, to qualify, so to qualify yourself for best pitch, you have to reach two of these four standards, correct? Yes. I can see how people are getting mad because the first standard you read is on-screen representation. Mm -hmm. If that was standard C, I could see people getting less mad because they'd yep. read through it and exactly. go, oh, okay, cool. Because the first one they see is on-screen representation. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. I know why you're mad. You don't have a reason to be mad because this is a good thing, but I, I, can, I can see where people are coming from. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think I have an issue with it to reach this criteria um, because, like, for instance, Standard C is just something they do behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. I don't know what audience development audience really means. development just means that they are working in, there's people in marketing, publicity, and distribution that are senior executives in a company that are, like, women uh, from, it just says women as well, and then racial and ethnic groups. Yeah, it's just basically also women in those Wait, so is everything... Wait, yeah. wait, is everything being linked back to representation or having minorities involved in film production? I guess it's just kind of uh, trying to include less white males. That's kind of the <laughs> yeah. thing. Like getting getting more people up to the same power that like Hollywood is so white and like 50 plus <laughs> male. So uh, getting more women in and getting more uh, like more diverse, like ethnic and, and racially. And also like they also have uh, LGBTQ plus and stuff like that uh, with physical disabilities. It's not just like an ethnic thing, but just all around more opportunities for people who yeah. might didn't get the chance because it's an. Who don't have the same opportunities if you're exactly. a, a yeah. 50 year old man in the Hollywood industry. <laughs> yes. How don't we all wish to be 50 and white? Hmm. Definitely. Yes. And bald, probably, because we were... And, yeah. bold, and bald, yeah. But yeah. also, just uh, just wanted to touch on uh, standard B. That one's also, if you... Did, you only have to meet one criteria, and those could be, like, roles that are just um, in, in makeup and hairstyling, 
and uh, hairdressing. I don't know what it's called again. And um, set, uh, set dressing, sorry, set dressing and stuff like that, like script supervisors, first ADs, gaffers, stuff like that. And that's super easy to to me because like a lot of these jobs are already filled by uh, women and like then you just get more people in. It's just like, uh, I guess not as um, including more people, you know, inviting more people mm. in. Uh, I don't think the Oscars, uh, the Oscars are super woke for doing this. I think it's also not their goal per se, but I think it just sets a standard. And um, I mean, it's a good thing. More opportunities for more people. Anyways, let's move on. We've, we've been talking about this for quite a while. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I, I, I just, my first time hearing about it. I, it's a good thing. It but is, yeah. yeah I, I'll read into it a little bit more and see what I think. Yeah, Um. well, all the stories from today will also be linked below in the show notes if you want to read up on the respective articles that we took the news from. All right, so uh, in about a week from the recording now, or actually, yeah, in, in a week, the... Um, 16th, I think it is. Zurich Film Festival is starting here right around the corner for me. And um, I'm working at the festival. I'm also uh, just recently got my press pass as well. So I'll be seeing quite a few movies. So I'm really excited to, I guess, uh, get you some thoughts. on. Thanks for the invite, bro. Thanks for the invite. Yeah. uh, Mad hmm. invite, bro. Well, maybe next time we can we can time it so you you are here around that time in Zurich and then we can go together and um it will be it will be so much fun. But anyways, yeah, yeah thanks sure. for everyone listening because uh I was able to apply and uh put this as my credit for the I guess being press and I got accepted. So thank you everyone for listening. It's it's great. Yeah, we'll get into the, there's a few trailers for a few of the movies that I just want to shout out. We're not gonna go into them we'll we'll probably do an episode with the swiss cast from quiet on set who will be watching a few of the movies in a few weeks once the festival is over kind of our highlights and stuff like that but yeah until then we got news we got more news scream 5 (laughs) scream 5 is in the works Lachlan, Lachlan, what's your thoughts on the scream franchise well, it's not sore at this point. It's not being super milked for money, but hey, I mean, just let's just keep beating that dead horse. Exactly. How long has it been since the last one? Like seven, eight years at least, I'd say. Right? Enough for them to go, oh yeah, that thing exists. Let's do it again. Yeah. Another one. That's that's what they do in the horror business. But we also get a re- we get the returning cast uh, with Neff Campbell, Courtney Cox, okay David that. Arquette. And uh, the directors from Ready or Not are making it. So, uh, yeah, have you seen Ready or so Not? So it is, uh, the, uh, yes, 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 yes. The video, the, the video game one, the board game one where they hunt the Yeah, the, exactly. The yeah, yeah. It's a pretty good yeah. horror film, I'd say. And uh, yeah. Look, I don't know if it's going to be like, is it a sequel to everything? Mm-hmm. Like, is it following? Okay, yeah. It is a sequel. It, it so must it's not be, like, yeah. It's not like a. There hasn't been a reboot. So it's not like a. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like a, like that, that new Saw film that's coming out later on. Oh, so like completely different story. No, I think it just continues that. <laughs> there's, there, there's Sick. Somehow there, there keeps being murder surrounding uh, Sydney Prescott, I think is her name. Oh, I, sur- I just surprised myself knowing her name actually because I haven't seen yeah, Scream yeah, yeah. in so long. But yeah, that's set to come out in 2021, uh, 2022. So it's gonna uh, be a bit until we see more of this. I think there was a documentary recently made uh, about David Arquette because he's like had a lot of struggle in his life. And, like I don't know anything about it, but it's like a pretty intense documentary that just came out the other the other week or so about the the, the guy who plays Dewey. Um, not mm. like his character, but like the actor himself. And I think it's some like it's called something like uh, 
you can't kill David Arquette. It sounds pretty Jesus. dramatic, yeah. But uh, I also wanted to shout out that for the first episode of Race by Wolves, there's a free version of it available on the YouTube over on HBO, oh no, on HBO Max's YouTube channel. So that's, yeah, that's how I wanted to phrase that. But if you aren't sure, if you want to get HBO Max or just want to watch the series in general, maybe check out the first episodes. I think I've seen the first four or five and it's definitely a weird show. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I guess I'll talk more on it when the season has wrapped. Okay, so we got a couple of trailers. We got a couple of trailers and honestly, one of them broke my heart because we got we got a new Adam Sandler movie and it's not a sequel to so Anka Gems. It's a movie called Hobby Halloween. Uh, Lachlan, have you Netflix watched Netflix just trailer? was like, Netflix has him at gunpoint. It's like, <laughs> another one. Another one. Yeah, I mean, he threatened, didn't he threaten us all when he said like, ah, oh, if I don't get nominated this year at the Academy Awards, I'll just go back to making shitty movies over on Netflix. I know that they're shitty. They just make me money. I don't give a shit. And he did it. <laughs> so, yeah, he'll nice. get more recognition for this film than he will for Uncut Gems. <laughs> <laughs> that is so that actually yeah that is so sad but it's probably true uh but yeah that comes out on october 7th so pretty soon i will watch it i'll go over it and what we've watched we're definitely not doing an entire episode on it but i, I yeah i i guess we'll have to wait the respective five years until we get another good adam sandler performance and then uh, we- <laughs> this will be his best performance it's just that the trailer has been terribly edited <laughs> true that that is probably it um once we get the full movie it will be fine and uh we also got another movie that's coming to netflix it's rebecca the remake from alfred hitchcock's 1940 classic that was the first and only movie that ever got hitchcock uh best picture win and yeah no he, he did get nominated i think a bunch but only this one won and was like his big step into Hollywood over from the UK where he was producing films earlier. Anyway, that comes out on October 21st. You can already tell I'm more interested in the <laughs> 1940 version uh, than this. But um, it does have, what are they called? Uh, hold on. It does It does star Army Hammer and Has Lily James. Has actors in it? Yeah, yeah. It does have yeah. actors in it. And it, the, Army oh, Hammer sorry. and Lily does James it have a respectively. Set? Are there any, is there a set on it? Like, do they have sets? Is there music music as well um i'm not sure i think yeah i think they i think they had like behind the scenes photos and i saw a camera do they do they camera mm-hmm. are they cameraing yeah. in this film so there is a camera there was okay, i saw a dolly so i don't know maybe oh they got a dolly yeah Ooh. maybe they bring back the old like do they have a tripod they i did not see a shots? tripod didn't see a tripod no there was a featurette of it i think somewhere maybe i don't know if there's not fuck mm. But yeah, no, I definitely are there costumes because there was a lot piece, of isn't yeah, it? no, it's a lot of costumes. Oh, okay, cool. So it's gonna get best costumes. Wait, no, is it? I don't even know. <laughs> Watch this trailer a while ago. I'm totally no, I'm totally bullshitting. There was no camera. Uh, this is a stage play. No, but yeah, this comes out on October 21st, and and I'm watching it because there's Lily James and Army Hammer in it, and I've seen the original. But uh, the movie looks all right. But um, I mean, the the, the first one, uh, the first one, the original wasn't like Hitchcock's best, but it's still like a really solid film. And there's some interesting performances. And I don't think it's going to be able to replicate that quite as well from what I've seen from the trailer. But anyways, let's get into something more exciting. Dune. We got the first trailer for Dune. What were your thoughts, Lachlan? I've actually seen two Dune trailers. 
Was there a different one in the cinema? Yes, there was. So wow. I got to see one in the cinema and it was more like a teaser. It was more like a teaser trailer than an actual trailer. Um, and I think it was probably the first time I've properly seen a trailer in the cinema before I saw it on YouTube. Is that, isn't that weird? <laughs> it's got to date us so much. Holy shit. Wait, hold on. That's so weird. Okay. Yeah, no. So when I saw, I got an email saying that if you go see Tenant, you will be able to catch, you might be able to catch a, a teaser of Dune. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, I'm booking tickets. I'm going, <laughs> I'm going to go watch Tenant again <laughs> just so I can see the Dune trailer. Um, and there's usually like three trailers before the film and two pass and I go, they're not going to fucking show it. It's going to be a goddamn Bill and Ted trailer or a fucking New Mutants trailer before there's a Dune trailer. And and by the way, there's, there was no one else in the cinema. It was just me and my dad because I want to take my dad to see Tenet as well. No one else in the cinema. I was like, I'm going to be so disappointed. And then, yeah, a little teaser came on. It, it, it basically had everything that was in the full trailer, mm-hmm. um, just, but it was like a minute instead of three. But holy shit, man, that trailer. Mm. It's, uh, mm. yeah, it's sad that mm. it will most likely, by the time we, we record this, we still have no information on it yet. But it will most likely move out of 2021 because a little no. sidebar news item on the uh, on <laughs> sidebar news item on the side. Yes, thank you. Um, I can do very good language. Uh, anyway, Wonder. Can you language? <laughs> <laughs> I can. Wonder Woman 84, 1984 got pushed to Christmas, and that's a Warner Brothers property as well as Dune. So it will look. I like, don't they're not care put them about Wonder Channel. Woman. It's going to move I care to more about February. Dune. Yeah, me too. See the issue. I don't have an issue with like I. I don't care if Dune gets moved yeah. because I don't want Denise Villeneuve to have a second Blade Runner twenty forty nine flop. Yeah, I don't want him to have a flop like he did with Blade Runner because I fucking love Blade Especially Runner. I would have two-parter. loved to see another sequel. This is a two-parter. yeah, it's a two-parter. Yeah, right? yeah it has to be. Have, so have a sequel. I think don't they, uh, I didn't film it yeah. back to back as well. I thought they did film it back to back, and then they were like, "Here's the first one." Pretty sure we're getting a second one then. And um, but like no. the thing is, if it flops, you know, they they want this film to succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think Denise Villeneuve is probably one of a, the one of the greater filmmakers working at the moment. Yeah, he, he's so, one of my favorites i i haven't seen a film of his that i uh, wasn't in any way just like not stunning and breathtaking i thought for a while that I, I liked prisoners a lot and i thought for a while that uh maybe i'm just in the minority here that is a bit off about this film maybe it's not as great but i love that film i love arrival i, I love the blade runner uh sequel it's just uh everything he's touched has and sicario is great as well Everything he's touched has... He's, he's great at adapting stuff. I thought he was directing stuff. Hubby Halloween. Halloween? Is he not hu- doing Hubby Halloween? Um, He might do the sequel for Hubby Halloween. We have to wait yeah. 30 years. It will be like after Hubby Halloween has proven to be like the cultural classic like Blade Runner is, he'll make the yeah. sequel for it. But we'll have to wait um, until yeah. 2050. Wait, honestly Halloween. though, honestly though, I don't fuck with the rival. I don't like it that much. Ah, uh, it's just I think I'm into language a lot. So that part of the half a year that I studied English with the linguistics side of things was like super exciting. Yeah. But that was my surface yep. level interest. That's why I quit English because like after Arrival, the movie, I've had enough of linguistics. I didn't want to study it anymore. That's basically all. Like the uh, level I can take it in. But Arrival, also the short story is quite like it's it's also adapted. He's really good at adapting things. That's why. Mm. That's why I think Dune will turn out great because I, 
I don't think he's written anything original. I don't know about his earlier works, his earlier work, but uh, most of the stuff that I've seen is at least adapted. And I guess Blade Runner isn't adapted. Uh, anyways, I digress because I my my statement is just untrue. So let's move on to something new that's coming to Disney Plus. Actually, content on Disney Plus. Who would have thought? Oh, it's the trailer exciting. for Mandalorian season two dropping on uh Disney Plus on October thirtieth. Wow! Wow! Yeah, are you a baby Baby Yoda fan? I'm a big Baby Yoda fan. Mm. Nice. I don't know. I it's probably one of the only things on Disney Plus that make me want to keep using it. Yeah. It, it, um, don't really not that I'm paying else. for it. <laughs> Thanks, Ewan. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. Like, 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 I like, I like the, uh, like, my Baby Yoda sex doll is pretty. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Without, the handy thing is about Baby Yoda, it's easily grabbable, so you can sex. make it into a flashlight pretty easily. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, is it weird? Wait, is it is it worse if I say normal Yoda who's nine hundred years old? <laughs> no, I think it's worse with the baby, although it's over fifty years old anyway. But still, it's uh, legally an adult, but <laughs> technically a child. <laughs> legally, baby Yoda could go up to a bar and get a drink uh, that, from any country in the world. It, that is true. That is, and he has killed people before, so you you can definitely hey, fuck him. Yeah. No. He's fucked over people. That means the rule is you can fuck them as well. Uh, I just okay. Let's move on from this conversation because it's making okay, sorry. <laughs> increasingly more uncomfortable. Although um, you did uh, catch I, me I'll move. Card. I'll move on to my Mandalorian sex doll then. Um, <laughs> yes. Oh. And and he's always like, "I will show you the way," and I'm like, "You're reminding me of Knuckles." <laughs> This is the way. Uh, okay, so should we move on to the couple more trailers, or do we have anything else to add to the Mandalorian? <laughs> I can't. I can't. Talk, I can't kind of incorporate sex dolls into every other trailer, so I probably should just move on. Um, there's a couple other trailers that came out that were cool. Was it Nomadland? Yeah, Nomadland. Yeah, those are these yeah, are all movies that stunning. are premiering at uh, ZFF film festivals, and I do have. Look, look here, look Stop here. plugging the fact yeah, you're going you guys, to the fucking ZFF you guys can festival. I uh, can see it, but uh, I got my ticket for Nomadland and. Wow! Wait, no, can Miami. I see that again? Can I wait? Can I see the other no, one? You're not scanning it. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't want to scan it. I just want to. I just want to have a look at it. Just want to have a look at it. Um, just so everyone at home. Oh fuck! It's all in another language that I can't read. You can't read. I'll read out the barcode numbers for everyone. <laughs> Let me read out the barcode numbers. <laughs> uh, well, okay. Don't don't do that. But yeah, I'm going to see those two. I got the tickets for those, and then I'll I'll see heaps of other films, and I'll actually be at a screening where Olivia Coleman will phone in for The Father, so that will be exciting. And a couple of like directors are showing up. I'm looking forward to it. Can I have you be in a Discord server with your camera so I can also be there too? Is that legal? Can I do that? I don't think so. I'm also working that night, so I don't know if I can uh, actually uh, even see it. But Ooh, we'll, ha- we'll have I to don't see. know we'll if I can. Live life on the edge, you, and we're in a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> At any moment, we could die. <laughs> Does it matter about do a homie copyright a, laws? Do a homie a favor and just film the whole movie. Yeah, do a homie a favor <laughs> and go to your first big festival that you got in for with a press screening and then fuck it up by streaming the fucking <laughs> <laughs> Do the Mark Ruffalo thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Perfect. But yeah, we, we got a couple of trailers for Nomadland, One Night in Miami, The Father, Cachillionaire, and The Nest. Those are just kind of the ones that I highlighted. Especially the first three look really good, like uh, best of the year good. So yeah, really looking forward to those three. And um, out of those five, have you have you what have you seen and what's your most anticipated? Um, out of the ones that uh, uh well, I uh, the father, I like it looked cool, but I was just like, I uh, probably Nomadland. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, trailers is always a thing. We can say we're excited, but at the end of the day, just go if you're interested, just go watch the trailer, and that's pretty much the end of the discussion. I think it's Frances McDormand who I'm excited for, though. Yes, she is incredible, and I think the movie is just well, it's her being a nomad, so uh, the movie just kind of rests on her character the entire time, and I think it's a really slowly paced film from what I've seen from uh, and read from early uh, critics. Uh, from early reviews and uh, yeah I'm, I'm really keen for it because i like slow films well at least the the trailer that i saw was like a whole one take so mm-hmm. i was like okay i'm keen to watch this and just yeah it also cry <laughs> it visually looks great as well so it looks like one of the best looking oh visually looks it great visually yeah it does bring the back the visuals back to hold on who was it Kristen. yeah <laughs> we're always talking about visuals anyways that's yeah, that's all we have today for news. Let's move over to what we've been watching. So, Lachlan, what have you been watching? Um, well, I'll start off with a documentary. Uh, that documentary being Journey to Planet Sanity. Great film. Look, it's not anything cool, but like I wouldn't say it's the, the best made documentary ever. But give it a watch give it a watch. The other documentary I watched was My Octopus Teacher on Netflix. It leans heavily into a spiritual side between, so the concept is, uh, the film, I should say the concept, the film is about uh, a a gentleman who has a sort of uh, falling out with something we don't, where it's never explicitly told what happened to him. And then one day, and he was, he was also a filmmaker and he, he lost his love for film. And then one day he was swimming through a kelp forest and he came across an octopus and he, and his thought was what would happen if I went back to the octopus every day. And he essentially became friends with this octopus and it's uh, just a small documentary about his experience, what he learnt. It's a very spiritual film, <laughs> even though, yeah. you know, it's just about, it sounds like, you know, yeah, no, I, is, an, is an, it, an anime yeah, that's for over that 18. This was, yeah. Is it weird that I thought this was a, a Japanese, that it was an anime? And then I Google it and notice it's a documentary from 2020. <laughs> look, look, I'll tell you what. When when he reaches out his hand and the octopus tentacle comes out and they kind of both touch and wraps around, I'm like, oh, this is this is oddly sexual in a way. Like the whole film, <laughs> yeah. the way they kind of it, it feels oddly sexual. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it's it's not. It's a very beautiful film. I'd wish like with documentaries, I I want to learn something about whatever it is. Yeah. But they never go into any depth about it. It's all about this spiritual journey. And at this point, I was kind of like, well, I'm not going to learn anything, so I just should go for the go for the story the and what he got out of it. And it was and it was stunning. You know, it was a very yeah. very captivating story. So if you had to watch anything this week, I'd recommend go watching My Octopus Teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, the other films that I watched is I'm currently making my way through the Bond filmology. So I finished Thunderball, uh, You Only Live Twice, uh, and then On Her Majesty's Secret Service, what? which was Bond the first that? time I've... S- which one? Oh, so yeah. the first two were Sean Connery. Oh, okay. And the th- last one is George Lazerman. Oh, yeah. I think he's... I think it's Lazerman. Okay. Um, 
By the way, he's Australian. Oh. Only Australian James Bond. Is, has there ever been an American um, James Bond? Aren't they like all no, Irish? Or, he's a, uh, at least from the UK, right? I think they all are. Um, they all are except for this guy who's Nazi, George Lazarus. Oh, okay, that's cool. But I'm pretty sure the next one, uh, the the next one is Diamonds is Forever, Diamonds yeah. are Forever, and it goes back to Sean Connery. I, I think I've heard that that one is not great. I think a lot of people don't like that one. But yeah, I've, I've yeah. only seen the Daniel. To be honest, like I've never seen any Bond outside of Daniel Craig, and I think I'm uh, I'm doing kind of the same thing while trying to go through the rest of the James Bond films. Look, I'll tell you what, uh, they're hard films to watch. Yeah, they they are, are very dated. Yeah, um, super dated. Other than maybe, other than maybe uh, Goldfinger, I think Goldfinger is still a film that kind of holds up. I think it's one of the better Bond films because mm-hmm. um, it is one of the most iconic. Yeah. I guess also with Dr. No being the first one. However. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I started watching that, but I had to uh, start because it was like. There is a big change between You Only Live Twice mm-hmm. and On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Okay. And I think, uh, I, I, I don't know if it was like a, a total mood change, but. It felt a bit more modern, um, mm. and I think that's what Sean Connery then wanted to come back for. He wanted to do a more modern James Bond. Yeah. Um, but, like, for example, the the last one in You Only Live Twice, he does yellow face. He turns into a Japanese man, and oh. that would not fly today. Yeah, no. It, it that wouldn't. would definitely not get you nominated yeah. for Best Picture. <laughs> they would go, inclusion? Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Mm. <laughs> um, Wait, is that why it, mean? it says it, You Only Live Twice, once as a... A white, uh, white male, and one's as an Asian male. Or like, what's yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. It's it's actually coming back to that twist. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's pretty <laughs> oh, that's, oh, that's, pretty that's messed a up. Big yikes. Um, um. Yeah. Okay. Well, looking forward to but, rewatching uh, or watching Bond for the first time then. Uh, but no, yeah, it's 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 uh, it's taken it's taken. I'm doing it slowly. It's really hard because I got to what till November. I'm pretty sure or December for the next one. Yeah, I so. think it's no November got, now. If it, I got time, it, it might get pushed. But I mean, it's not Warner Brothers. I think it's Universal, so they might stick with it because until then we don't have anything else other than Tenet. So it might be beneficial yeah. for them to at least release like one movie. But all right, yeah, I think that's been all you've been watching, right? Uh, other than a couple of TV shows, but nothing too important. So, all right, cool. I'll hand over the baton to you, sir. Well, thank you. I'll take it. Uh, I watched Synecdoche, Synecdoche, New York, for the first time for our upcoming roll that again with uh, special guests over that. I guess we are announcing for the first time. I think. I think I haven't mentioned it before, but we are uh, inviting the Oscar expert uh, YouTuber who, uh, um, well, a pair of YouTubers, uh, twins. Who focus on mostly like expert, uh, mostly expert related stuff. Yeah, mostly Oscar related um, themes and and films and all that. And uh, they're big fans of Charlie Kaufman, so they're gonna join us. And most likely, Lachlan will be there as well. We will have to see. But I, the only thing I gotta say now is this is already in my top ten of all time. So I'm just going to leave it at that and really looking forward to talking about this film with the guests and everyone else. And uh, especially get your the, the the viewers and listeners thoughts in as well. Um, because it's a, it's a bizarre film, but it's definitely a great film. So the next three films I'm talking about, they were all recommendations from various different Discord servers that have like film clubs and some kind of thing that they have going on that I'm a part of. So the first one I watched was chunking express and what'd you think well what did you think okay so i really liked it i am in love with the cinematography of 
uh, in the mood for love. And I'm a big like Wonka. Wonka Wai is his name. Wonka Wai. Wonka Wai yeah. is, is his name. Yeah. And this was so I wasn't ready for it because I didn't read anything about it. And then when mm. it's slight spoiler, I guess, but uh, when halfway through the movie, we just completely shift to a different set of characters, and we like yeah. it just ends, and then it just moves on. Yeah. It feels really abrupt, and I was so not ready for it. But uh, looking back on it, I really appreciate it, and like the the portrait, it, the portrait it it like paints of less these characters but more of like the city of hong kong so what about you do you sound pretty excited so you you, you, oh, you love i Chunking just express. read i just saw that you just read chunking express uh-huh. and that was one of the first films that introduced me to Wong Kar Wai. Mm. um I'm, I'm probably i'm butchering his name yeah me too so. um yeah let me get up his name so i can actually just make double check i'm saying it the right way Wong Kar Wai. Wong Kar Wai, yeah. yeah. We should be, uh, pronunciation um, probably off, but uh, phonetically. He's, he was, uh, I got shown this in high school uh, when we explored, um, I can't remember what we were exploring. Tells you how much I remember of high school. But anyway, yeah, we watched this and, jeez, man. I I also thought the same thing. Like, why are we swapping halfway through to a completely set of different people? Mm-hmm. Like, cop to 20. Through two, two twenty two, two twenty three, yeah, something like that. Um, with the pineapple date of like January seventh or like whatever it is. Um, about his love, and I was like, why am I fucking crying over this man's pineapple tins? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like why do I feel like connected to this man and his pineapple? And then obviously you've got uh, the, the women, fucking what did the crazy girl? other cop? Uh, well yeah, six, I don't know. Six, like three, it's just it's one. just a six, yeah six, no. That guy. It's it, it introduced me to this weird world of Cantonese Hong Kong films. Um, yeah, yeah. Actually, no, I do remember what it was. It was uh, we were studying um the handover between of Hong Kong from Britain to China. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When Hong Kong became part of China, mm-hmm. um, and it was a big disruption in Hong Kong because it was like, well, why do you get to decide who owns us? We should be our own free country. Whatever. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Obviously, I don't mean blah, 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 as in it doesn't matter. It definitely does matter, but um, that's what I was, that's what we we're looking at. And this kind of film came out around that time. So, you know, and that introduced me to the world of Cantonese films. And man, the use of music in this film. It's, it's great. Yeah. <sighs> There's like, oh, yeah. The Mama and Papa's uh, California Dreaming. God, I love that song so much. <laughs> Oh, it's so well well used, and it, I mean it's used and again yeah. and again. Uh, um, I haven't watched it in a while though, so my my memory of it is quite weak. Man, the, um, I remember the basics, but the way you're talking about yeah. it, I'm I'm uh I'm definitely down to after we I guess we maybe visit some more like Cantonese Chinese films. Uh, I'd love to. to I'd love to follow point. some Cantonese films. Uh, well, that's really yeah. exciting because like on, on roll that again, we do want to focus on films that we at least like quite a bit. Yeah. But mm. yeah, anyways, uh, I guess my concluding thoughts to the film would be that um, I, 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 I love it, how it just focuses less, I guess, on like the characters and their narrative. It's more about kind of uh, stylistically <laughs> just about Hong Kong and showing like the longings that people have during that time of like, as you, as you mentioned, right, it was right set in the time when Hong Kong got back its independency or was it from the UK? It was so basically the UK owned Hong Kong essentially. Mm-hmm. This is but this is me just remembering it yeah. from high school. Mm-hmm. Um 
I'm pretty sure they got handed over to China because obviously Hong Kong is owned by China, which is, again, why there is so many protests in Hong Kong at the moment because of the laws that are going on Mm. because China owns Hong Kong. Um, But obviously before it was a British colony, I'm pretty sure. So England owned it and then it was, I think, sold or something to China. My history is probably wrong here. I might double check it real quick. This history as well, but yeah, I, I just I don't know. I felt, I felt like the the like lack of future that these people see and everything like in their relationships and even the store owner who ends up like selling and stuff like it, it seems like nothing matters, but also everything matters at the same time. I I like I can't really describe it, but it's it's captured so beautifully. Um, the transfer of sovereignty over Hong Kong, commonly known as the handover of Hong Kong, occurred at midnight on the start of the first of July, nineteen ninety seven. Uh, when the United Kingdom ended administration for the colony of Hong Kong and returned control of the territory to China. Okay. I, I feel like this is, a, this is a movie, I guess if we just saying this now, I guess we don't really know much about the context of it. I just felt like it was a great portrait, even though I didn't really know what it was trying to paint because I didn't really see. It's not so right. much as trying to paint something about that, but that was the cultural background of yeah, the film exactly, at the time. Yeah. There was a lot of unrest in Hong Kong, and obviously that is relevant today. Yeah. But a lot of, I guess, and it's not just to do with films, I guess it's just to say art. A lot of art comes out of distress and painful times, mm-hmm. and I don't want to say that this film is because of that, but I think that added to some of the uh momentum of Cantonese films during the 90s at least yeah uh there's also like right we got two love stories in here but there's also a third one potentially because I think this was either supposed to be three movie three like stories in one movie or three movies separately and then just the two became one because there's also a movie called Fallen Angels which is uh, a similar kind of story yeah. uh, set in Hong Kong. Another one of his. Yeah, that he made just one year after, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah, one year after. And uh, I guess it would just kind of be part of those that like cinematic world, I guess, in a sense. Um, But yeah, definitely go check those out. I haven't checked out the movie. It's called Fallen Angels. I haven't checked that out. Everyone, everyone should also maybe have a look at In the Mood for Love. Uh, did you... Yeah, I, that Ooh. movie had me thinking about it like a week after, and I like I fell yeah. asleep and woke up with certain uh, shots from that movie just like present. I say, it was. You can cut this out, but I thought you were gonna say you woke up with a wet bed. That means that I thought you were going with that because after I said in the mood for love, and you're like, I went to sleep and I woke up, and I was like, don't you fucking say it, don't you fucking say it, and he went with the shots, and I was like, oh, he's not gonna say it. I guess I was very wrong. Yeah, no, I'm I'm uh, very serious. We are pretty professional. I wouldn't I wouldn't even (laughs) use such sexual innuendo. I'll 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 move through these a bit more quickly, I guess, uh, so we can get into I'm thinking of ending things. Uh, but yeah, I watched Sunset Boulevard. So oh. <laughs> this was basically a movie uh, about a guy that was trapped at a rich person's house. Um, don't we all hate when that happens? And the movie opens with the end. It's it's a classic from the 1950s from Billy Wilder. And I think everyone who's interested in classics should, I guess, uh, just try and watch this one. Um, it's dated in a sense that like the pacing is really, it, it, the pacing is, is kind of slow and the performances are really over the top uh, sometimes. But I guess maybe that's even the point of it. 
But uh, if you if you're interested in 40s, 50s, 60s cinema, especially 40s and 50s cinema and film noir, check out Billy Wilder. I've, I've only seen a couple of his films. I've I've seen Double Indemnity, and that's like probably one of my, if not my favorite, uh, film noir. And then I also watched Number 69 from the INV Top 250, Witness for the Prosecution. Uh-huh. Yeah, that one was was alright. I think it, that wouldn't hold up as well nowadays as well, just because it centers around a bunch of twists that come in the third and second act. And we've gotten so many films that center around that, especially like court dramas. So I think that just genre or subgenre has been oversaturated to an extent that this doesn't feel fresh anymore, even though it probably was in when was it like 1954 or something like that but yeah go check out billy wilder things sunset boulevard is definitely a recommend from me although maybe first watch double indemnity is better then i watched button think have you seen button think no i have not actually okay so i think this is kind of a bit of an overlooked film from one of the Cohen brothers from joel cohen it's from 1991 uh it stars john uh Tuturo. The guy from Transformers who uh, does stuff in there, right? We all know him just from that. And the guy from uh, Do the Right Thing, I guess, as well. That little movie there. But uh, this stars an, an acclaimed playwriter from New York City who then moves to California to write for the movies and kind of shows... Wait, so he's not just playing a loud Italian actor like in all of the other <laughs> Coen Brother films? <laughs> no, he's playing an intellectual in this one. So oh, okay, uh, it, it's really interesting because it like it, it shows the whole... It, it's definitely like for, for cinephiles and movie lovers who are really into uh, maybe a behind-the-scenes look of how grim Hollywood can be behind the scenes. Uh, it has also like a dark comedic tone to the whole thing like throughout. So it's enjoyable to watch in that sense. Like John Goodman is in this as well. He gives a great performance, although like half of it is credited just to the sweat that this man always has on his face. I guess they took something from nine, wait from this from two years earlier. Everyone was sweating and do the right thing. They kind of took the same thing for Button Fink. Everyone's sweating in this film at all times. But yeah, this one was a fun watch. Definitely recommend that one as well. Uh, then we have Papisha. That was a movie that from 2019, but it hasn't come out in most places yet i don't know if it's getting uh a release i don't know where it's getting released actually i just know that it's coming out in switzerland pretty soon and uh yeah this is set in algeria in 1997 and it follows a young woman who's it's it's kind of a coming of age story she she wants to be uh, she wants to be uh um a fashion stylist but she's so uh limited by what she's able to do in that country that is really religiously restricting. And uh, there's like terrorist attack going on, like people killing each other just because people are not wearing hijabs and conforming to their religious norms. So it's a really harrowing experience of uh, such a terrifying um, time in Algeria. And um, yeah, definitely worth checking out. Although I don't think it nailed the whole aspect of the characters that well but it's definitely interesting maybe more for its historic backside other than the movie itself then something i really really i something i really want to recommend to everyone um who's at least a little bit familiar with the internet is feels goodman this is a documentary about pippa the frog and its creator Um, (laughs) it's about the unintentional controversies that this little frog caught himself in and oh uh, i know what you're talking about so sad poor guy yeah, and how kind of he, he the creator is kind of trying to regain control of 
what Pepe is again. And it's also like towards the end of the documentary, they also focus on how you battle hate with love in a sense. I'm, I'm, I'm oversimplifying it, but it goes into that direction. I mean, um, I've, I've, I only know like Pepe stuff from Twitch because it's used there a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's my only connection to it but uh we'll see i don't know the, the the u.s elections are coming up and it was really big that the whole controversy was around 2016 with the election there with trump and all that so um we'll, we'll have to wait and see but uh, it's definitely a gr- the best documentary i've seen um so far this year so i would everyone go check that out the thing that i wouldn't recommend everyone go check out is the babysitter one and two uh there was a sequel released on netflix a couple of weeks ago the babysitter part two with some I don't know, some subtitle, you'll figure it out if, if you're one who actually wants to see it. But uh, yeah, uh, Lachlan, ha- Lachlan have, have you ever had uh, a babysitter? Uh, my, my, does my nana count? Because um, I've only ever been babysat by my nana and that's it. Well, that I was, was going to ask if, if if your babysitter was ever as hard as Samara weaving, but I guess <laughs> I shouldn't ask that about your nana. <laughs> <laughs> I take your laughter as a um, yes. Yeah. Um, no, I don't want to answer this question. Take away, I take away the no. Wait, no, I don't take away the no. Wait, fuck. Uh, anyways, sure, uh, these, you put me in a shitty situation. <laughs> I mean, okay, uh, I just move on. But uh, these these are films made by a guy. The director's name is MCG. I know there's nothing else coming. That's his entire name. And yeah, I was really surprised that this wasn't um, from Awesomest Productions or whatever the fuck they're called. But it has a bunch of uh, wine stars in it. I guess, I don't know what they migrated onto. They're like parasites. Most of them, I guess. And uh, not not all of them. Not all of them. There's good ones. I, I follow one on uh, YouTube that's actually a great review. Austin Burke. I think he started out on Vine. But I digress. Uh, so the first one was kind of um, yeah, it was fun. It know what it was. It just didn't take itself seriously. It had it didn't have like ghosts and all that. But the second one just went full on um into the subgenre of like weird comedic horror. And uh, well, the first one had me chuckle a couple of times. The second one just was incredibly dumb. And like I hate the subgenre of. Hey, we're trying to make fun of something, so we just put in as many references to the thing that we're doing. So you guys, haha, we know it's funny. I hate the subgenre because it tries to be clever, but it also tries to avert criticism. Maybe a little bit that way. I, I don't know. I just don't like it. Then also watched An Easy Girl that was part of the ZFF program, and I saw that it was over on um, the French Netflix, so I checked it out. It was basically mostly a naked lady does what she wants, which is mostly fucking. And her teenage cousin is looking up to her, trying to imitate her a bit, I guess. So, I mean, that's a whole movie. It's, it's not a great one. I'm glad I didn't check this out <laughs> uh, at the film festival. And then I rewatched the, un- no, not the unusual suspects. They are pretty usual, the usual suspects. I rewatched this with my little brother for our brother's film club. And uh, I just, it, it's an iconic film, but fuck Brian Singer and Kevin Spacey. Um, <laughs> yeah. What? How? How did you? How do you remember the Usual Suspects? Where are you standing on this, my man? You haven't recovered from that. I haven't seen yet. it. I can't wait for you to listen back to the recording and hear all that squeaking. Um. Yeah. No. I actually haven't seen the usual suspects. Oh, you haven't seen it. Okay. Okay. I'm, well, I guess Don't I'm, I'm not going to spoil it. But do you know the twist? We're not going to spoil. Don't kill it. me. 
Of course. I don't know the twist. Oh, you don't know the twist. Okay. So it has a great don't twist at the it. end. Uh, oh, it does? Yeah, that's all That's all it's known for, right? It has... I don't. I, I thought you were aware of this, but it's. it has like uh, a really well-known ending similar to like Seven, It's although it's not as good. <laughs> Ewan, did you just fucking <laughs> follow me on Twitter? I did follow you on Twitter the other day, yeah. Thanks. Did you only just start following me on Twitter? Yeah, I thought I was already following you. Sorry, I fuck was this so- podcast. What the fuck, bro? <laughs> Dude, I'm getting cancelled again. I'm leaving. I think I unfollowed you when you criticised me about like using your photo, right? There was the whole Twitter drama that happened. I got cancelled. So I unfollowed you on Twitter. So now we recovered from that uh, drama. So I followed you again. Now, I don't, I don't know why I d- didn't follow you before. Hey, just for reference, I unfollowed you on Twitter. <laughs> you were following me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of I course, you're my notice. friend. I didn't even notice out of the out of the two people that were following me that you were one of them. <laughs> I feel like I need to change my, 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 my profile to also talk about the Quiet On Set podcast, but I also like saying that I'm a one-take wonder. You are one-take Just take like wonder. the podcast. <laughs> Lachlan has never recorded twice, by the way. Never. Also, Lachlan is now speaking in third person. <laughs> Send help. <laughs> This is looking sub subconscious talking. She has to look after you again. Yeah, I'll call you Nana. Nana. Yeah, I'm gonna call you Nana. So uh, thanks, man. Um. Okay. So yeah, I watched this. I thought it was a bit more campy than I remembered it being, and uh, it was trying like really hard to be smooth and cool. Uh, it it worked less on the rewatch for me, but it's still again, it has that great ending going for it. Uh, And I guess Kevin Spacey gives a great performance, but. uh, he just sucks on a personal ne- level. And um, yeah, okay, that's all for what we've been watching. Man, this has been a long one. I'm thinking of ending things. Charlie Kaufman's wow. latest film. Uh, his first. His latest. His latest, yeah. His latest and his newest and his freshest. Although not that pig in the barn. That one that one's not so fresh anymore. Mm. But uh mm. yeah, what do the reviews say? We we uh this these reviews might have changed because <laughs> I did this uh, a few days ago. Let's see. Okay, so it went down actually. Uh so what what are the ratings for this film? I guess to kind of get uh an overview of what the rest of the world is thinking before we get into our own thoughts. Over on Letterboxd, it has a 3.6 now. It used to be 3.7. I guess more people saw it and were like, just what the fuck is this? I don't know what this is. Uh, on IMDb, it used to have, I don't know how much this changed, uh, uh, 6.9. Nice. On Metacritic, it had a 77 and a user score of 6.9 again. Nice. Well, I guess most of the reviews are mainly just like, I was thinking of ending things while watching this movie. Ha <laughs> ha. Okay, uh, have you found anything good? Because I'm, I'm not finding anything good. We'll just get into the review then. Because it's it's mostly shite. People just saying, this is shit. <laughs> it's really boring. Yeah, no one says anything interesting. I have a IQ above average and I still didn't get it. I guess the director was on Mushrooms. That's, oh my God. Uh, whoever whoever you are who wrote that review, just um have a good life. But uh, no, I, I don't like you. It's like those kind of people who put themselves above above the craft. Just like oh, I'm, I don't know if it's ironic or uh, sarcastic in a sense, but it's also like, well, I'm smart, but uh, anything that's just kind of weird in a sense, and you wouldn't really comprehend on like an artistic level. It's just like, oh, someone has to be on drugs to do that. 
I don't, I don't like that argument at all. But yeah, wait, someone just, someone wrote, anyone who liked this movie needs to be swiftly stuffed into a locker. <laughs> Oof. Like, okay, Oof. okay, what are you, an, a 90s bully from high school? Uh, but anyways, okay, well, I guess it's kind of weak on the reviewing side, on the funny side. People are just not creative as, as much, but they're, they're quick to call this movie out being shit and weird and they're not <laughs> they're not running on the second thing it is pretty weird but i wouldn't say it's bad it's actually one of my favorites this year i can already say um let's read the logline for this film so nothing is as it seems when a woman experiencing misgivings about her new boyfriend joins him on a road trip to meet his parents at their remote farm this Tells you really nothing about the characters and the plot, but that's maybe the point because this movie is so much just the atmosphere. Uh, yeah. And um, yeah, kind of vague in a sense. So before we sum up the movies in in our own words, Lachlan, Lachlan, who do, who do you think this movie is for? Like, I wouldn't recommend this to everyone and anyone, you know? Um, like, would you show it to you, Nan? Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg, because he can. That man would be able to understand this film on a new level. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know who I'd recommend this film to. I mean, I'd recommend it to all my film friends. Yeah, I'd recommend it on film discussion forums. I wouldn't discuss it to people who enjoy films for entertainment. People who go to see Endgame because they think it's the greatest film of all time. Not those guys. Yeah, not those guys. Not that there's people anything who... wrong with that, but it's just like I guess yeah. you wouldn't really get uh what the movie is trying to go for and it could be frustrating um especially if like i i haven't re-watched it since i watched it about more more than more than a week ago but i've been thinking about it and yeah yeah it stayed with me and some of the stuff really resonated way more than when i first I, I'm, I'm glad we didn't do this right after we watched it because like there's a lot of stuff that has come up since and um but yeah uh I I'd say I'd, I would agree with you. Um, I would say if you're into film and maybe watching films that aren't just like a really simple, straightforward narrative, um, then you can maybe experience a Charlie Kaufman film. I I don't know if you if starting with this one is like the best idea. I would I would say start with the Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind and then move move on to one of uh, Kaufman's actual like original directorial gigs because it, it's a lot to take in for a new. Watcher. I think. Um with people who go to the cinema or those who watch films, there are different types of you. There are those who want to sit down and be entertained, you know, the diehard fans, the, you know, action film fans. Yeah. These people don't watch movies to dissect the human mind. Then Charlie Kaufman's not for you. Yeah. Because like, like, like yeah. what is his, what are Okay. So I want to get into it. Let's name, let's name, name, name another film, name oh. another film by him. Um, Let me know the film by him. Well, Synecdoche, New York, I guess. And that goes into the human psyche. Oh, uh, you mean the Challenge the Sunshine of a Spotless Mind? Of I'm course. talking about all of his films. Yeah, all of them. They pretty much they pretty much go into the 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 nitty gritty parts of our brain. And you, you, some people don't want to watch a film and go, "Wow, my life fucking sucks." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I did have I did have a little existential crisis after I watched this film. That's why I wanted to. <sighs> binge uh a bunch of charlie kaufman things was uh, probably was the one of the worst uh, ideas i've ever had because you cannot stomach you like, go in but you never come out yeah be, like that would be such a such a waste as well because they they give you a lot to like bite on is that what you say yeah right yeah there's a lot, <laughs> a lot of food for <laughs> a lot thought. Of, lot, of, lot of meat although i don't eat meat but 
um there's a there's a lot of yeah there's a lot of food for thought exactly that's that's a lot of tofu for thought (laughs) yes that's the story a lot of hummus and bread for thought uh uh, it was gnarly gnarly and um i I do want to get into spoilers as soon as we as soon as let's jump in so lachlan can can you sum up this movie in and just in in your own words in my own words in your own words uh well um so there's this okay so there's this lady and it's snowing and then all of a sudden you cut to this creepy guy looking in a window anyway now it cuts to this really 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 long scene of them in a car and it's like oh my god they want to break up but she doesn't want to break up with him because she's too nervous but he's like ah blah, blah, blah. anyway long story short she doesn't exist holy fucking shit anyway we get into the we get we get to the whole fucking like a uh, like the family scene we finally meet the parents at this point we don't know she exists but you guys already know that now because you're into the spoiler section of the review anyway so the parents are fucking weird. At first you think, oh, you know, they're old, dumb, dementia-ridden parents. That makes sense. Nah, they're fucked. They're like two scary horror creatures out of nowhere. They start aging weirdly. You know, they go from old to young to middle-aged. They come and go and they pause in weird sections and make you hold and go, hmm, fuck this. Anyway, she gets really uncomfortable and then she's like, I want to leave, starts doing the dishes goes around the house, walks around the house. The dog starts shaking for a good, like, 20 whole minutes. By the way, the dog's been shaking for the whole fucking movie. So, we get, we leave the house. Fuck the parents. They're dead. They're not dead. We don't know. It's Charlie Kaufman. We don't know. Anyway, we're driving home now. We cut to these two, um these two birds in a, in a, in a, in a slushy shop and they get these really fuck off tall ice cream drinks. And it's like, Whoa, why the fuck do you need that? Anyway, they don't even eat it. And I'm like, what a waste of fucking money. And then they like want to dump it. And then he wants to go look at his old high school. I'm like, why would you want to go back to your old high school? You're so weird. Anyway. So they go into the high school. There's the old creepy guy again. turns out the old creepy guy is the old, is the dude. And then it cuts to a really cool theater play. The end. Wow. I don't think I have anything else to add to this review. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. That's the film, guys. <laughs> That's a fucking Twitter clip. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's... Okay, so you're giving us a bit more than Jackson's uh, one one sentence or one word review. Oh, did I only have one sentence? No, 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 no. You, you don't, because, like, you have a lot to say. Jackson is, is good with one sentence. Uh, you can even give him a word and he's fine. Great. Okay. So Jesus, you already touched on yeah, pretty much everything that's relevant. <laughs> I basically I did the whole film. Yeah, Fuck. the plot stories. Uh, the, the I plot didn't leave anything of, to the imagination. And uh, you also went through it in a chronological way. Uh, I can fuck it around. I can fuck up with the chronological order if you want me to. Oh no no no. <laughs> no. I can start mixing matching. I'll track it into a blender. It'll come out. We'll do it memento style. Half of it will be memento your style. voice in black and white. <laughs> How about we? Oh, just your voice. Oh, we should have recorded the whole podcast in reverse for tenant. tenant? Yeah, fuck, I just realized that. I know that would have been funny. I I was thinking about just uh for, like if it came out in April, that would have been funny as an April Fool's joke. Like just a whole episode is just reverse, and you just can't listen to it. Uh, (laughs) Not only can you not listen to it, but I would probably still give it a five out of five star rating on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Thank you very much. You should. Thank you very much. I guess we already touched on what the fuck the story was. Uh, basically, the whole, like, the woman, who's also credited as the woman, does not exist. It's just a figment of a memory of uh, Jake. I don't want to touch on that yet because that really comes at the end of the film. But 
um, in discussing this film, you are, I guess, just kind of talking about how Jake remembers his life, right? Because mm. essentially, I don't know if you're on the same side with me, but it comes down that we initially think that, oh, it's the woman who's thinking of ending things with Jake in the relationship. But as we notice that she's more and more just a part of him uh, in a lot of like his desires and stuff he, he would have wanted to be, he's more like, that's just a projection of him. And he's thinking of mm -hmm. ending things with himself. So he's contemplating suicide, um, which makes this movie oh. so dark. You know, <laughs> it's a really yeah. dark film. And yet at the end of the film, he essentially like he commits suicide. Right. And the whole he, he at the end of the film, he locks himself into the truck. Um, and then I think it cuts to the next morning. And then we just see the truck like covered in snow. And we assume, I guess he probably froze to death. Um, and I, I just thought that like the snow was an interesting uh, visualization of maybe the dread of death and his him contemplating suicide because like he has as the like the figment um of, of his of his inner projections with the, the woman she she wants to go repeatedly but the snowstorm is getting worse and worse kind of showing that like his thoughts are getting more and more into the direction of like i'm thinking of ending things i i want to die uh and he, he can't escape it and he's forced to like relive this and go down a downward spiral that ends with him killing himself it's, it's such a dark film man but uh yeah mm. i was because like you, you said that the, it's been a while for you and um since you watched it and i don't know how present you still have the film did you have similar thoughts to like that <laughs> um well okay so there's a lot of themes in the film when i say a lot of themes i mean there's like five or four or three I think the main one everyone knows about is uh, I think of anything's a, a poor relationship, mm -hmm. but it also touches on um, mortality and uh, um, I don't know if I agree with loneliness. Anyway, I, I think the two main themes that this film really hits on is love and life. Uh -huh. Now, whether that be life passing by and in a way mortality and time and love being ending a relationship or loneliness, obviously love and life can branch off into these smaller themes. Mm -hmm. But as the main two, I'm thinking of ending things can mean two things in the context of love and life. Yeah. Thinking of ending things in life is killing yourself. Think of ending things in love is ending a relationship. Now, mm -hmm. one is severely darker than the other. A little bit. But they're both they're – both in context, that sentence can mean two different things. Now, yeah. the idea I thought was, it came to me understanding that, oh yeah, cool, it's 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 Jake as the janitor. I thought it was his last kind of hallucination before he dies. His last thoughts, the his remembering his family, his parents, the road trip he would go on, how perfect it would be if he could bring home the perfect girl. because. Mm -hmm. She was perfect in the parents' eyes, but that was embarrassing to him because obviously all the time he's like, "Mom, stop!" or like, "Dad, stop!" or like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Um, well, well, touching on this because you, um, because I don't think it's just it's it's also like what he envisions his perfect girlfriend to be. That's kind of I guess why her name changes, and he's also going through like different professions that he would love his significant other to share, and like her intellect as well. 
but it also I think it also comes down to him not being understood by his parents at all by like his interests in um in like arts and stuff because like the dad is mm. just completely blocking that side out and the mom she's always like oh yeah that's all awesome. I love it it's incredible but she doesn't yeah. get it you know he, he doesn't have that a part. reflection that's on his life that's why I thought that like loneliness was such he's 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 creatively lonely, he's personally, he's romantically, in every sense, he's just a really lonely person. Even just with himself, he's lonely. Because uh, I think he, he's also not the person that he wants to be at all, or that he wanted to be. Man, it, it's, a, it's, it's such a... Like, once you get into the themes of the film, and you take it apart from the, the weird story beats that it has, and just mm. see them as more as, like, metaphors... For, for that's the whole film things. the whole film is just a bunch of scenes that are metaphors uh, yeah basically yeah and i yeah. think it eases it eases you in obviously at the start it seems pretty normal with that oh, by the way that opening shot is stunning it of is. uh yeah. the young woman standing in the street with the snow and it's like ah oh, because i'm not a big fan of narration like i'm I, i'm not a big fan of overly used narration but Same. it's used throughout the film to yep. get in the head of the young woman but in this case, I didn't really care for it that much because I found it interesting what she was saying. Um, but also, it was almost um, poetic what she was saying, mm-hmm. and it reflected with the screen as well when she was talking about in the opening shot how she's in love and uh, with Jake, and it's going so good. And she's like, she sticks her tongue out in the snow for no worries, but then immediately is like, but it's only been like six weeks. Oh my god, I've only known for six weeks, and then suddenly her whole posture changes she closes her mouth looks down looks around looks back up and there's then you get the shot of the the janitor yeah and it cuts back and it goes immediately back to oh but you know maybe that doesn't matter yeah and, and i was like ah, wow that's a really cool way of getting in and then obviously you have that as i said it, it, it i'm pretty sure it's like at four minutes you get in the car four minutes into the film you get in the car mm-hmm. and you don't get out until about 23 minutes into the film so the, there's a good yeah, 20 minute car you, ride scene in that car ride scene but uh you said yeah. if you don't get out of the car we actually like the camera goes out of the car a bunch of times and i thought that oh yeah the, the editing there is oh it, it, I, I i loved it it added so much to what they were talking about and it's almost like mm. that kind of before the before trilogy kind of dialogue where it just like keeps going back and forth and it's a really uh, it's an interesting conversation that they're having, uh, but there's also mm. a lot of layers to it, maybe a, a little bit more than, I guess, uh, the before trilogy would have about, I guess, the philosophical questions there. Mm. He, here it's more, especially looking back on her just being completely made up in his mind of what he wanted his partner to be. or Like, in in the conversation, he also starts, like, doubting himself in... in yeah. It's, it's weird, discussing it, because, like, talking about him, I'm also talking about her. Um, but yeah, that, well, that see, here's a funny thing, right? Here's a funny thing. How weird is it that we take the perspective of someone who doesn't exist? <laughs> but like don't, we are. Don't we do that the entire time we're with her? Don't we do that as as people? A lot. We imagine what, what? other people think of us. We we don't go into like an existential crisis where we contemplate suicide, I guess, and make up our entire life on like one night that we uh, were looking at a girl in a bar. I guess we're not doing that. It's not as dramatic as that, you know, but mm. we are in little moments in our lives. We are thinking of what other people that we just briefly had contact with and left an impression on us, what they think about us and how it would be to be with them. 
you know that you, you do that you do that. i've done that before uh and you know we do that i think that's something that everyone can relate to in at least that like uh romantic gl- glorifying like romantic possibilities with with uh with people that might not even remember who we are you know um yeah yeah deep <laughs> dude that's so deep. deep all right let's do that so deep it's super deep let's go to the also at the dinner scene where they're talking about a like a bunch of things you know he brings up the, the she shows the photos of her paintings to the yeah. parents yeah and we later on get the reveal that down in the basement he does have those paintings but i guess a little bit of a lesser version of it right not as well done and they are like yeah. down in the basement where the she's not allowed version. to go yeah and it's that's yeah. basically also saying that he want he is he wants to be more than he actually is he wanted to be an artist himself but he ended up being stuck at, at um <laughs> rewatching the same play of oklahoma over and over again at the same <laughs> old uh high school not getting over like people that i guess made fun of him with the milkshake thing we can touch on that i guess as a side note on on that but um, yeah his his kind of projection of having a girlfriend or maybe even being himself like so artistically talented that he would be able to paint something like that and then he also imagines how his parents would react to it and then that it wouldn't even (laughs) really matter because like they wouldn't get him at all he doesn't have anyone to share it with uh Mm. not even himself because he's not that artistically talented i guess and it's it's just a lot about regret and oh this movie this movie was so tough and uh Mm. i i wanted to rewatch it for a week like right after i've seen it i was like all right i got it now i got it Uh, i think i have to pay attention again so i can get like at least half of the movie the second time i watch it (laughs) uh but yeah. Oh, wait. Com- look, look. Compare this to Tenet. I think this is an interesting discussion <laughs> because <laughs> okay. I think okay. I, I I don't know. I don't know what your take on this is, but I think on a rewatch, Tenet is just the concept of inversion, and there's action in there, but there's no more layers to it. There's no more depth. And in this, I think a rewatch really adds not just to understanding it, which was like I guess for Tenet, you just maybe need a rewatch to even understand what was going on for this you get more way more of the concepts and the metaphors that i guess are being communicated right on a rewatch so this is Look, definitely the one say, you should rewatch right tenant on a rewatch is better didn't give me anything new though isn't didn't give me anything new i think a rewatch of this because i've only seen it once a rewatch of this would give a new meaning yeah i would agree so. and i think this is one of those films that as i said there's two different main ideas and that's what the two different contexts of I'm thinking of ending things can mean in whether it's about love or whether it's about life. Um, mm-hmm. Depending on where you are between those two, the film will mean different things. So if you're in a period of time where your life sucks, you will definitely see those deeper sides about life and mortality and time passing you by. Or if you are in a phase of a relationship, whether it's a relationship with a partner, a sexual partner or baby your Yoda. parents, Baby Yoda, <laughs> you end up. <laughs> you 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 end up leaning more on that side. So with Tenant, it's like sick. It's backwards. Cool. I don't understand a lot of it. Second watch, I go. All right, cool. I missed that on the first rewatch, only because 
I couldn't fucking understand what was going on. At least with this film, I could follow it. Mm-hmm. I, I followed the dialogue and the dialogue was, it was the first time I watched a film where I, where things would change, but the, with fact that I already knew they're like, Oh cool. So she's a, she's studying physics. No, no, she's a painter. No, she's a poet. Oh, okay. Well, that's changed three times now. I don't fucking understand. Yeah. All right, cool. Her name's Lucy. Wait, her name's not Lucy. It's like Louisa and it's like Lucinda or whatever. It's like, oh, okay. On my notes somewhere, I have all the names written down. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But it's it's weird, right? It's like the first time, like with Tenet, it's not like I didn't trust the screen. I trusted everything that I was seeing to be real. Mm -hmm. And sure, I was maybe hoping in the background of Tenet, the second time I watched through, I could see something. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would get any. I I don't. I think. No, I didn't. I didn't get anything out of that second time. I understood what was happening easier, especially in that final scene. But everything else, I couldn't see anything. See, with, I feel like with this though. Yeah. I would because in Tenet, the what is complicated is the plot, and here what complicated is the characters. And characters always offer way more depth than plot ever could. So that's that's I think the key essential point of why there, there is so much more. Um, but yeah, uh, is there anything else we want to, I mean, there's, I have a couple of more points that we could talk about. Uh, I guess the, like the whole care for is, I mean, we haven't really ta- talked about his parents. I think they're also a big part, but I, f- I didn't really get a lot of the stuff. So I think I need to rewatch it too. I think for me, I, I didn't, I didn't get a lot of stuff. I, I just didn't like, I, again, it's, it's with the, like for me, I think in my life, I'm happy with my relationships. I'm more in a period of time where I'm trying to juggle a lot of things at once, yep. like the podcast schedule and my outside of work stuff and mm-hmm. my actual job that earns me money. That's not the podcast because the podcast doesn't earn me money. I do this for fun. <laughs> Making heaps of money. Sponsors give us money. Yeah, sure. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think for me, I, I, I started more with the, I'm like, like the life side of it yeah. where, um, be- yeah, because I don't have an issue with my relationship with my mother or father, mm-hmm. I don't see that and I don't have that life side of it either. It's more of the the life passing me by instead of my life passing my parents by. Mm-hmm. So to me, I didn't have any connection with the parents. I thought that I thought, by the way, all the performances were fucking spot oh, on. Oh yeah, we haven't even talked about the like cast. That. We have uh, wait. Let's get the cast up because we do want to. We have two Jessies. <laughs> Wait, was it Jesse Plemons? Jesse Plemons and um, Jesse Buckley. Buckley. Jesse, I think yeah, the, the two leads, which is funny that they yeah. pretty much have the same name at least. Uh, like, can you like, imagine? Can you imagine um, Charlie trying to direct them? Hey, Jesse, and they're both like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 Jesse. No, which Jesse? No, Jesse. Jesse B or Jesse P." What did he say? B or P? Yeah, it keeps on. Um, say. Uh, and then we have Tony Collette, and Tony Collette is always incredible. And then uh, David uh, Fellis is his name. Fellis, yeah. I only know him from the Harry Potter films, and I guess the Big Lebowski. And he was the bad guy in Wonder Woman, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait, wasn't he also in. Yeah, he's the lead in Anomalisa, which I haven't seen, which is another Charlie Kaufman film that he directed as well. But yeah, he's I'll see if never I can been in anything him. super big no um, he's never had a lead role he's more of like a um a secondary character in most of but he's fucking so good he's really good god yeah. damn but i i see this is on netflix right so i think this is a blessing but also a curse uh the blessing is that you can just rewind and uh you don't have to we watch later yeah, yeah you don't have to go to the cinema to see it 
Although I think this would play great at a cinema. It looks stunning. So I think this would be great to experience in the cinema. But uh, the ability to go back immediately is nice and to pause and maybe pay because there's so much attention. Like they go into Jake's room at some point and I think it's his childhood, like his childhood room. Childhood room, yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know if this is, there's so much on on display in there. So many details. Like I noticed there were a lot of books. So you could have read like all the books on the side and it would have told you so much about his character and, and what he's reading. Uh, and um, yeah, this, well, anyways, I just wanted, I don't want to talk about books, but there's just a lot of detail <laughs> in there. And the other thing is Netflix is not typically, you know, they're, they're not really, although they had a three and a half hour movie with, the Irishman, they're not really set on these, I guess, more experimental, experimental like films, film films that aren't just entertainment. That's just not the Netflix audience. I, I would say like at least 30% of people who just watch Netflix films and watch this movie, who got all the way through the, mo- uh, the movie, they didn't notice that her name changed. Like, I, I, I yeah. bet you they didn't pick up on it, you know? Because <laughs> like that's not, just not the way that a lot of Netflix is watched. So, but I, but I, I like that it's, um, I guess, available for everyone right away to see. But okay, I think we should wrap it up for this. Uh, I, I guess at the end of the day, I would just urge you if, if you're interested in this film, even if you haven't seen it and you've listened to us talk about like even the spoilers in this, I think it might even add to a first viewing, right? If you don't have the time to watch a movie twice, we just gave you a bunch of <laughs> insider stuff you can pay attention to when you watch it for the first time. So yeah, I think there's also a lot of stuff that. We just haven't touched. Like mm. my notes, I've got Baby stuff Yoda. about the aspect ratio. I've got stuff mm. about um, yeah, we can touch uh, the the sudden changes into uh, dance and um, almost a theater musical kind of thing. Uh, yeah, there's so many things that you could talk about in this film. Um, I just think for us as our first time watching it, these are our thoughts. Uh, a second viewing, third viewing, fourth viewing all going to be different Mm -hmm. but i think we can both say that this is one of the better films that have come out of 2020 so far oh yeah definitely i think it's in my top three at least yeah the only thing i have in front of it at the moment is uh, never ready sometimes always and palm springs but on the rewatch it might even move up to my favorite of the year i i really liked it but i can see why a lot of people don't and that's that's totally fine um but yeah, so I guess we don't, yeah, we don't get to talk about much more of the film. I, I guess be on the lookout for good video essays in the upcoming months. There might be some good ones uh, coming from, I don't know, because like there's a lot to uh, say about this film. So it might be really interesting um, to add on to that. But Lachlan, what would your rating be for this film? If you had to give it one out of five or out of ten? Yeah, just a one out of ten. You gave it a one out of ten? Well, reverse that, Um, that's my rating, but... (laughs) Okay, um, I'd probably give it like a... I want to give it a seven, but I'd I'd, I'd say it's a a mainstream five, but a film nerd's eight. Mm, yeah makes sense yeah that makes sense entertainment yeah, like when i watch a film i watch it from a perspective of a filmmaker and a film critiquer and a film uh, everything you know mm. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and then i watch it yeah. for pure entertainment right i don't uh-huh. watch fast and furious and go yes the angle of that shot was superb i go no fuck yeah cars vroom vroom let's go i want to see flips and shit 
right? Yeah, like, I want to see them go to space, which they are doing. But a filmmaker they three, doing. right? They're going, going to space. They, they announced it. They I can't are wait. going to space. Anyways. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I, I'd give it a, 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 a mainstream five, but a film lovers eight. So you, so you give it an eight, but you're just too much of a pussy to commit. I see. Uh, yeah, I landed on a on a eight as well on it. Um, on my first on, when I initially oh, too much of a pussy to come up with your own number. <laughs> no, but I, I as I said before, it's a, the reverse of a, a one out of ten. So I gave it an, a nine out of ten. Uh, mm. yeah, not just to spite you. <laughs> I already said it before, so you can't even say it now that I just copied you. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I just liked it a lot. Um, and I. Th- think even watching another Kaufman film after because I watched Synecdoche New York afterwards which was one of the quickest 10 out of 10s that I've ever given uh really I I just appreciated a lot more of what Kaufman's doing although it's so different and so not what I'm even used to and I watch a lot of films uh so yeah but it's a 9 out of 10 for me so okay so what do we have on the horizon for the quiet on set podcast so our next episode is going to be a roll that again on Set mentioned Synecdoche, New York with the Oscar expert and hopefully Lachlan, if he'll be able to make it, we will see, but would love to have you on there. That's going to be an exciting one. I'm looking forward to talking about that. And then we might do an episode on The Devil All The Time that is releasing on the day of the recording right now. So by the time you get to hear this episode, it should already be out. Our episode should not be, though, probably, most likely. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. We will see if we do an episode on it. Depends on if it's good or not. If it's decent, we'll talk about it. And before we let you guys go, we just wanted to mention that we do have a Discord that you can join. We announce a bunch of news, new trailers are all posted in there. You get film news, you get news about the podcast. It's basically every film nerd's desire to be on the Quiet On Set podcast. So you might as well join already. We're all waiting for you. Well, I guess like a certain extent of num- of people that join just get a custom role as they roll in and to introduce themselves. Um, then we also launched a Patreon recently where you can get early episodes. You can get the exclusive Drumcast show every month or two, I think. Yeah, we said, yeah, you sh- uh, the, <laughs> the Drumcast every other month. You get to vote in polls for upcoming episodes and on the higher tiers you do get monthly netflix parties that we are doing and commentaries on the higher tiers you also get discord uh, certain patreon only discord roles with access to just patreon um, text channels on our discord so go check that out that will be linked below or just search for quiet onset podcast on patreon we should pop up and uh yeah i just wanted to remind you that we do have a twitter and instagram and a letterboxd that's uh, on Twitter, said underscore quiet. On Instagram, we are quiet on set podcast. And on Letterboxd, we are quiet on set. On Letterboxd, we do post um, all of the lists of upcoming deep dives and stuff like that we're doing. I'm currently working on a list for LGBT films that we are, uh, yeah, that we'll do a deep dive on, I guess. And as well as our all of our personal socials are linked below in the show notes. And Lachlan, with that, I wish you a good week, and we will see you soon, I guess. Right? It's almost the weekend, so I'm just going to get really fucking blasted and then rock up to the next podcast hungover. Mm. Well, I guess on that note, I'm thinking of ending things. Goodbye. See ya. Did you stop the recording? No, I want to talk about my cum-filled Yoda. <laughs> <laughs>
So how do you wash no, no, Yoda? Okay. Do you wash Yoda through his mouth or through his butthole? Well, no, I don't wash him at all. I, <laughs> That's how he gets the force. That's your car. 